Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show on a Redemption Thursday. Appreciate you being here. Thanks. I'm Jeff. That is Tom, Director Matthew in the house. On Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show. Appreciate you if you're driving about town, listening in, working hard, whatever it is you might be doing. We appreciate you on 93.3 Real Talk FM. And just the same is true on War Chant TV as you guys watch the program every day. Don't forget to like and pass around and let everybody know about the deal, about the show, about the uh, Good time that we tend to have here on Thursdays and Wednesdays and Tuesdays and Mondays and Fridays. And again, this Saturday, where we'll do the pregame show at Hotel Indigo. That will take place beginning at 3.30. Myself, Tom Lang, atop Hotel Indigo, where I would imagine the weather will be nice and cool. Should be a good day for football, good evening for football, and a good way to send off the seniors. Swing on by, get you some food, get you a cold beverage, say hello, and let's talk Florida State, right? You know, I was just uh, thinking about how maybe social media, which is good for parody accounts, should create one. Somebody out there about Ira's shot glass because it's it's just this massive, like it works what, out. It's very tall. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. If Ira's shot glass were a weapon, this is what it would look like for the War Chant TV audience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's man. a good one. That's well done. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Hotel Indigo pours them that heavy as uh, as a uh, Sunday night smash with the Don Julio, but the drinks are cold. The view is tremendous. It's the best view of the pregame setup in town, and it's got its own vibe, which is awesome. It could be a lot of fun. You yuck it up with your friends, or if you just want to get a breather and you want a clean bathroom and some good food and some you know, games on the television and some Noel talk, it's, it's been a, a huge, huge turnout uh, every game this year at Hotel Indigo, and we hope you join us on Saturday for the last one of the season, which is crazy to say. You know, by the way, I didn't even notice this because I didn't get this deep into the uh, collection last hour when I was telling you you could get some cool stuff from the Battles Inn. I just saw the uh, white helmet autographed by Trey Benson. I saw a jersey by Jared Verse and Jordan Travis. Like, real collectible stuff there, man, just as an aside. Maybe you purchased that before you come up to Hotel Indigo on uh, – Saturday night, and then you go over and you see Ingram in the lots and say, "Hey, look what I got, man!" And he might give you a sticker. Well, you you can, yeah, you could put it on your uh, on your AirPod case. Uh, you could you could increase the value of it by getting Jeff's signature. Bring a sharpie, bring a gold one. He'll, he'll sign uh, that's true. That's true. You would uh, go from a hundred dollar value to a hundred and two dollars. Hundred and two dollars. I'd be doing some things. The wagers looked like this. I already. Touched on him in hour one. Let's touch on him again in hour two. We need to bounce back. Four and six last week was not going to get it done. Just over 500 on the year. So we've got, we're running out of chances, guys. Michigan minus 19 against Maryland. Jack State minus eight and a half against Louisiana Tech. Yes, sir. Let's roll. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> 
Georgia minus 10.5 against Tennessee. UNLV plus three against Air Force. Here it comes. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> this has become a really cool thing. I, I have to admit, good job, folks, in the chat. Kansas State minus eight against Kansas. Iowa State plus seven and a half against Texas. Georgia Tech minus six and a half against Syracuse. And in the NFL, we'll go Cowboys to route the Panthers and lay the ten and a half. The Chargers minus three against the uh, Packers. I said Cowboys Packers. I meant Cowboys Panthers. Chargers minus three against the Packers. And finally, 49ers to club my Bucks. Lay the twelve against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers going across uh, to take that ass kicking. So uh, there you go. Clubbed, I believe, was the definition of every base hit in a Gene Deckerhoff baseball game. Oh yeah, just Club like a, yeah, it could be like a bleeder. Clubbed, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Uh, I hope you're doing all right out there, Gene. He's a regular listener of the show. Run into him every now and again. Seems happy. Seems yeah, to be doing he's making well. a couple extra uh, bones this year covering the uh, the Bucks. He, he was thinking about retiring. He stuck around for one more year. And, uh, but he still makes his home here in Tallahassee. And, uh, yeah, man, I think he's doing pretty good. He, he's not covering a, a surefire top three lottery pick Buccaneers team. It's it's at least still in the hunt for that sorry-ass NFC South. It is still in the hunt for that uh, sorry-ass NFC South is the best way to say it, is the best way to say it. But we got a good one tonight. Should be fun to watch. A little Thursday football that for once doesn't suck on uh, Prime Video. Normally you click on there, you're like, what am I doing? What am I doing? You know what happens to me? All the games this year that have been so bad on Prime Video, I'll go there and then it, it's the first thing that pops up where it's like you want, they, you know, they're selling the game. And they're like, oh, look at that, a music doc underneath it. I wanted to see that one on Petty. Yeah. There it is. So I'm going to watch that instead. You got me. You, you lured me in, but it's not to watch this game. Well, it's kind of like uh, when uh, Sirius XM, you know, they're on a music channel. They're like, hey, check out our college sports channel. You know, check it out over there. There's some good stuff. They don't care because you're there. And that's what Amazon Prime's doing to you. Like, oh, yeah. May I interest you in all of these other offerings? Yeah. Other yeah, than, yeah. Uh, yeah, Bills and Browns with two backup quarterbacks. Maybe you would like to watch this movie. You know, it's a new release. The thing I would say, though, about Prime Football is watch the alternate broadcast. They have an alternate one. Even if it takes you to the main one, you, you just hit the down button. It says broadcast options. And that uh, Amazon Web Services advanced look thing is is really good because it's all 22. They have little uh, animations on the screen about who's open, and, and they have breakdowns on advanced stats. That's the way to watch Thursday Night Football. You know, by the way, I, I do wonder um, – where this is all headed, you and I have had long conversations, especially in weeks where we're playing Northern Alabama or a like team, uh, about because we're in the industry and we've been in it a long time and we've watched the technological advances in certain ways really um, create a, an environment where the average fan, if they want, if they choose to, can become very educated on what their team is on what they do well, what they don't do well, their personnel groupings, all the, like, if you want, if you're just, if you were taking a kid today, like if I grabbed Clark and said, look, you know, we're Bucks fans in this house. I've already taken him down to games, et cetera. And he's a Bucks fan, but I, I you know, and he plays football. He played for Monford and he's, he's learning the game still as we, as we, you know, as we grow up, I could sit him down with a laptop or an iPad and be like, okay, look, we're going to put the game on, but we're going to have an alternative broadcast. We're going to follow along with these two or three people that do a very good job of breaking down the game for the team site or for a site that maybe isn't of the team but just dedicated to this, right, whatever that might be. And 
afterwards, and we'll pay for the all-22s on NFL.com. We'll get that as well. You could really, within two years, have a kid who kind of gets everything he's looking at instantaneously as much as you can with TV coverage as opposed to what you see with the all-22s because you got to see the safeties. But when you – that didn't exist when I was growing up. I mean, you were a slave to the TV copy, and that's all you had, and it was blurry at that because we didn't have high def. So you just kind of, until you started playing the game yourself, you didn't know about all of the nuances and, and the technique and then the shifts and formations and why. It was really, it's really cool where we're going. I say all of that to say this. You just talked about when you go to Prime, they have that alternative broadcast. Lots of places are churning this out now. It is about to be very affordable for where the average fan can just, and I hope it happens in college, can just pay for the all-22s. I mean, what are we doing? You would have my money. Here you go. I, you got it. I need to see it. I, this is what I do for a living. I want to be able to talk about this the same way that I would if I were in a, in a player's room, in a meeting, in a film room with a coach. I don't understand it. It's uh, very much like the injury report thing that college coaches get to do. And, and I'm not. that's not even a shot at Mike. It's just the, the whole of the sport. When more and more states, when the majority of college football states, you know, that, that are in the big swath of where it's played, legalized sports gambling this is going to get registered every week you're going to have an injury report or participation report yeah. which hopefully means that more coaches will just let people into practice well uh, because i don't want the riffraff in practice tom uh, i'm not i'm talking about the media <laughs> what i'm saying <laughs> what i'm saying is that i think the biggest thing that they're hiding you know you can you can run somebody out of town and you could 20 years ago, 30 years ago, if they're giving secrets to the other team, they don't have any integrity whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And they're recording stuff and they're sending it off to an opposing coach. That was egregious in Bobby's day when he lets you into all the practices. So right. that's nothing new. They're hiding injuries. That's the number one thing that they don't want you to know about is injuries. And that's what they can get away with. And so that's why co- college coaches in general live in that space. But the moment that sports gambling becomes more and more prevalent across the country, as it has now in the state of Florida. You're damn right. I mean, LSU has already gotten ahead of the curve. I think does the Big Ten require it? One of the conferences requires an injury report. So I think we're going to get to that place. And I think that makes it better for everybody. Now, the other part after that would be the all 22 package. The NFL, you can get it from NFL. You can. They, they release it to you Wednesday or Thursday, which is a little late. You could. Little, Baldy gets like an yeah. hour after the games are over. Come on now. Yeah, a little late is right, but you can get it. $10 more a month. You get it on Monday. All right, I would do that. 15 bucks a month, well, no problem. Especially when we were doing the scuttlebox. Think of how yeah. valuable that would have been to see exactly who made the mistake or exactly who made the play as we get set to do that recording. Yeah, it's 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 infuriating. Um, yeah, I, I think we're getting close because they are accepting that money. And again, I bring this point up all the time. People will say, well, why do they have to do it? Because they're accepting the money that comes from gambling. They're t- accepting the advertising dollars from DraftKings, from FanDuel, from the other organizations that obviously pay for advertisements during their games. I mean, you can't watch a football game without seeing 16 of these things. They're taking the money. they got to provide. you got to have integrity at that point. If you're going to take the money, you got to provide the injury reports. So the four things needed to fix, well, five, I think we would include uh, replay review overhauls. That would be you know, one thing that you would certainly list at the top of whatever it is you do. The I way would they make, do it, I would the make manner, me the king of all replays, and this would be, operate much more efficiently. The whole nation would love me. They would. You would be a fair. You would be a fair judge. I would. So that's number one. Number two is just because we got the clock running doesn't mean you can expand commercial break break lengths. You can't do that. Right. They've got to be fixed to what they are. Just raise the rates. Just raise the rates for the spots. Correct. Please. 
so that we can move the game along a little bit quicker and not have four-minute stop sets when the first guy goes down because the opposing coach is pissed off. You got two first downs with a hurry up. We don't need to be waiting four minutes after that kid goes down to the ground. Thank you very much. Number three would be you need electronic headsets into the quarterback's helmet and the linebacker's helmet, just like the NFL. You put a little sticker on the helmet. It gets to communicate. Can't fathom why that hasn't happened already. Agreed, and I think that's what's holding up the All-22 because coaches are so paranoid that their, their signals get stolen. They get the All-22 anyway. Like That's the other thing I don't understand. It's not like they don't have a database where they can access it. It's not like, oh, God, we never got the Clemson tape. Oh, no, how are we going to prepare? They get it anyway. So then you could, if you have electronic headsets, you can release it to the fans, and then you have the injury reports released every week. Those five things would take college football to another stratosphere, and it would create – you would net money on all 22 film yeah. versus the cost of what it would take to get headsets on the sidelines across Power 5. You would net money for it. Uh, no fan wants to know if Coach Speak hits tonight. It does. Yes, we recorded it this morning. You should get it by this evening. should be a lot of fun. Uh, Tom, on this discussion, I, I they could do a lot of things. Uh, we watch a game every Saturday and Sunday, and we see so many inefficiencies, so many things that could save time, so many things that would not eat at the profit margins that they already have that are obscene. Uh, what, what Can we get to a place where, and I don't care if it's a chip or a laser or whatever it is, we need old men to not be spotting the football or women or old men or whomever, uh, young, old, man, woman, doesn't matter. Human air on the spotting of the football is egregious every Sunday, every Saturday. Uh, there's at least three times a game where I'm watching. I'm like, look at where my man just spotted that ball. That's four yards short of where he landed with his knee up. That's two and a half yards short. And now you put coaches in a position to have to use a challenge or not. And at what stage in the game are they willing to just wear that bad call? What will make it affordable to college is if the NFL gets off their ass and does it. I will bet you that I think this is Goodell's final term or whatever, the final contract extension that he just signed. Uh, he just for signed another massive one for goodness sake. He's going to be there forever. I will bet you that I think it's another two, three years, something like that. So when the next dude or, or gal takes over, that'll be one of the first things they do is is they line the field yes! with whatever technology they need. And that way you have a chip in the football. You know where it goes. You know when a punt goes out of bounds, exactly where it crossed the yeah, boundary Yeah, I love line. when you got homeboy running up and he was like 20 yards back on a shank and he's like, I'm pretty sure it's the 32. 32, 45, 30, 26. Who knows, Bob? Just pick a spot. One of the most valuable coaches on the sideline is the one that when a punt goes out of bounds, he He's runs like, and he puts his he, foot somewhere. Yeah, he puts his foot. And my favorite part is, yes, if if it's the guy that wants to make sure that he screws over the other team, it's like 15 yards deep from where it was or the vice yep. versa. Yeah, depending on which sideline it is. Yeah. But I will bet you the referee in his mind, he doesn't even know it. He's negotiated back a couple yards. Yeah. So you are a valuable coach if sure. that's your graduate assistant responsibility to just put your foot down in a place where you think that you're going to get a couple of yards to, to the good. But, yeah, if the NFL leads the way in doing that, college I don't think will be far behind with the obvious uh, example in my face contradicting that, that headsets have been around in the NFL since before any given Sunday, the movie. And that came out in the 90s, and we still don't have them on college sidelines. It is very strange. And anything along the goal line, we've been talking about for a long time, too. I mean, come on, man. You got to, if, if when it gets to be the cluster F that we know it to be it, on, a, on a sneak, you got, I understand that whether the knee's down or not is always going to come into question. You're always going to have to watch a replay for that. But 
Can we know just definitively that the ball did or did not cross the line? A simple beep, a simple we know the ball at some point crossed the line. Now we're just looking to see is the knee down or not. Yeah, I mean, think about it. You can make it like a uh, the goal light in hockey, like the the, uh, yeah, the, ends, yeah, yeah. the end line lights up, the pylons light up or something along those lines. Hey, hey, you put a logo there, you could sell it. It's very easy. The other part of it is, you know, let's say somebody fumbles at the one-yard line going in, and let's say they don't fix the rule. Well, they got to change that rule. It's a stupid rule, yeah. Let's say they don't. It would be nice to know if the ball went out of the half-yard line over the pylon in the end zone because a lot of these replays are from an angle. And They're so always guessing, from an angle. Remember when they screwed Jameis on the touchdown against Oregon? Oh, you had to do that. <laughs> I know you're still mad about it. Well, think about earlier this year, Houston against Texas in college. That poor kid for Houston has the first down by a yard and a half, yeah. maybe two yards, and they F him. And that cost him the game. Buddy, between Jameis being ruled not in the end zone, Nick O'Leary getting held in the end zone or at the one-yard line. Yeah. Nick O'Leary's hamstring going out. Jalen Ramsey dropping an interception. I mean, good. Dalvin God. fumbling all over the lot. With wide open Oh, got to run lanes. for 300 yards, yeah. I mean, the running lanes it's were a, the width of yeah. you know two, two high-top tables at the CP. It's, it's ridiculous. a tough thing. It's the biggest discrepancy between what the final score was and the way the game actually looked for any length of time. It is bizarre. Like, you cannot, and I get it, you cannot walk into a bar in the, in the middle of the country and say, hot take, everybody, Florida State was going to blow Oregon out if you can't do it because there's like seven things you're going to have to cite. But they're all reasonable things, and they're all true. But you, yeah. you can't do it. <laughs> no, we would have we would have dropped fifty plus. It's just a matter of if that was enough to win or not. Yeah, but we would have been a matter of yeah. yeah, I agree. Jeff Cambridge Show ninety three three Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hey seminoles we all know how important it is to score in the red zone but are you prepared for success in the retirement red zone Five years leading up to your retirement date and the immediate five years after are a critical time of thoughtful planning for you and your family. And our friend and fellow Noel, Adam Tolliver, and his team at Artisan Financial Strategies are prepared to coach you to victory. Some of us, well, we're at midfield and want to plan ahead. Others are ready to punch it in on the goal line. They're making sure you know how much you can spend without running out of money, protecting yourself and your family against rising health care costs, or carefully planning your legacy, the Artisan team brings a combined 30-plus years of planning experience and world-class resources to help you navigate the way. For more information, just head over to knollretirement.com. Now, that's one word, knollretirement.com. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network.
Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. I got a lot to do here. We have a ton of uh, stuff to get to. One's FSU related. It kind of ties in with what we like to do with our friends at ISF. And by the way, ISF has actually helped uh, one of the one of the people that I'm uh, you know going to talk about here as well. So I'm, I'm going to bring this all full circle here. Uh, we we've mentioned before about the fine folks at the uh, Guardian Ad Litem office. And ISF worked with them, by the way. Um, and of course, they represent the legal interest of Florida's most vulnerable children, and they provide services through pro bono legal professionals and volunteer advocates to address staffing challenges and all these different things and, and helping these kids. ISF provided a detailed study of compensation among the office of agency peers, and through the study, they were able to give recommendations and uh, how it is they could better carry out their mandate to represent these vulnerable children. So that's an example of what ISF does, one of the many things uh, that they do. On that note, while we solve for the future with ISF, here's an opportunity to do that. Uh, locally, the Florida Guardian Ad Litem Office, Second Circuit, is looking for dedicated individuals to join them in making a positive impact in our community. And you can do that by becoming a Guardian Ad Litem volunteer and mentoring foster youth. And they need more men to do this. They need more men to help young men. Uh, or boys become young men, and they need that mentorship. And today is a day that you can find out more about it. At 5.30 p.m., if you want to learn more about how you can help, you go to the office there at the Florida Guardian Ad Litem. Um, it's the Office of Volunteer Opportunities that are available right there. It's 1920 Thomasville Road. All right, that's 1920 Thomasville Road. It's today at 5.30. So if you're in Tallahassee and you've been thinking about doing this, they really need your help right now. It makes a world of difference for many of these foster kids who don't have anybody that can show them the way and provide some mentorship and give them opportunities that they don't have now. 1920 Thomasville Road, it's a large conference room. They're going to be accepting people in today at 530. Now, Tom, how do I tie all this in and solve for the future? Well, in a weird way, I do it by looking back at a time in which Florida State solved for their future. And that, as you recall, was the battle to bring one Jameis Winston to Tallahassee and to get the uh, future uh, quarterback Heisman Trophy winning national champion to Tallahassee, which at the time everybody wanted, including Alabama, obviously. Florida State won his services. Well documented. We referenced the 2013 and 2014 seasons all the time. We've had Jameis on the show a ton of times. I think we probably will in the very near future as well. But I will point out, in regards to this, and it's pretty cool news, Florida State will honor Jameis Winston with the retirement of his jersey this weekend. Florida State's Vice President and Director of Athletics, Michael Alford, announcing today that the jersey worn by the 2013 Heisman Trophy winner and consensus All-American quarterback Jameis Winston will be retired following the first quarter of Saturday's home game against North Alabama. And you look at these numbers, and it's another reminder of how special a player Jameis Winston was. 
As a freshman in 2013, he led Florida State to a 14-0 record in the 2013 National Championship with a win over Auburn in the Rose Bowl. In the process, Winston became the youngest player ever to win the Heisman Trophy. In addition, Winston won the Davey O'Brien Award, the Manning Award, and the Walter Camps Player of the Year Award. The Bessemer, Alabama native became the first freshman ever to win the ACC Player of the Year and recording 40 touchdown passes and setting the national freshman record for passing yards with 4,057 while also leading the country in pass efficiency rating at 184.8 in 2013. As a sophomore, Winston led FSU to the national semifinals in the first ever college football playoff where the Knowles lost to Oregon in the aforementioned game in the Rose Bowl. The retirement of Jameis Winston's jersey will certainly be a great event on our campus, said Michael Alford. He had a huge impact on Florida State football, and his place as one of our all-time greats is unquestioned. I know we all look forward to seeing his number five becoming a permanent part of Doak Campbell Stadium. Over his two-year career, Winston passed for 7,964 yards, 65 touchdowns, while compiling a 26-1 record. His career pass efficiency mark of 163.28 ranked as the 10th best in the history of college football and is the FSU and ACC record. Winston won his first 26 starts, a feat unmatched by major NCAA Division I quarterbacks all time. He was also a valuable member of Florida State's nationally ranked baseball team for two years as a pitcher and outfielder, serving as the closer in 2014. Winston left for the NFL, as you guys know, in 2014, became FSU's first ever number one draft pick when he was selected by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was the Buccaneers' starting quarterback for five years and has been with the Saints since 2020. So far over his NFL career, Winston has completed 1,748 passes for 21,941 yards and 139 touchdowns. Winston will become just the 11th FSU player to be honored with the retirement of his number in Jersey. He will join Seminole greats Fred Bolitnikoff, Ron Sellers, Ron Simmons, Deion Sanders, Charlie Ward, Warwick Dunn, Chris Winkie, Derek Brooks, Terrell Buckley, and Marvin Jones. Florida State began retiring the jersey rather than the number of its all-time great student-athletes in 1997. So congratulations to Jameis Winston. That will be fun on Saturday night. And certainly we do look back on this solving for the future for a time that Florida State did just that by acquiring Jameis Winston. And I can tell you personally, in getting to know him, it was always fun to have conversations with Jameis Winston, both in his collegiate career and his pro career. But also, I will tell you uh, what his coaches would talk about, and Tom was privy to this too. We frequently would ask Jimbo Fisher about Jameis's football acumen and pre-snap abilities to go along with physical tools. And I think Jameis Winston was the guy that he gushed about most time and again. And there weren't too many players, if any, that he was willing to do that with and concede that at times Jameis knew more about what he was looking at than Jimbo Fisher did. And that is one hell of a compliment because it's not something that Jimbo parted with very easily. So behind the scenes as well as the obvious talents on the field, you saw all of those things. So pretty cool. Yeah, one of the underrated things that Jameis did in his career, beyond the obvious listings that you uh, rightfully put together from 2013 and 2014, he played through most of the 2014 season with a high ankle sprain that was debilitating. I think he suffered it on the road at NC State. I could be wrong. It might have been that that was the first game that he was playing through the high ankle injury. Um, But again, that's a different year. The team was completely different. There was complacency. 
but he would always lead them back in the second half. Sometimes mistakes of his own making in the first half against Notre Dame or Louisville or other opponents, and he would find a way to lead them back. That 2014 season was a, a lot of things, but in some ways to me, it was as important and as impressive as 13 because he did not have Kelvin Benjamin. He did not have Rashad Green, who was the same player that year. Rashad had several games in 2014 in which he had major issues bringing in routine passes. Yeah, like yeah. Boston College game yeah. at home. Yeah, remember the Boston College game? Yes. My goodness. Oh, yes, very much so. You're breaking in a young Travis Rudolph. Ermon Lane is in the rotation for Florida State at wide receiver. Some of the smaller guys as well. Yes, Nick O'Leary was by his side, and Dalvin Cook did emerge towards the end of that campaign. And did he ever? Because Jameis' worst game in his career was the home game against Florida, and Dalvin was a stud that day. But the bar was set so high, so consistently, and in a way, sometimes again, of his own doing, he had to rally the team by himself in the second half of so many of those games. That year was incredible. It wasn't the Heisman campaign no. that was basically a perfect season, but that year was an incredible feat from a quarterback who had to do a hell of a lot more heavy lifting than he had to do the season prior when we won the whole yeah, it's fun to look back on. It'll be fun to see them honor that uh, jersey and, and to celebrate those moments. Uh, it'll be fun to welcome back those players that were on that 2013 team with them. It would be cool to celebrate in the moment. And it's good that it's happening at a time in which Florida State is once again back in the mix, right? The uh, buzz around this program is similar uh, to where it was at the end of Jameis's time in Tallahassee, right? Where people have an expectation uh, that Florida State can once again, once again be great and all that's left to do now is to try to win a championship. My favorite moment, not from the championship year, because the the one in the championship year is easy. It's on the field at Clemson and, and being on the field to see how he operated. That was something to behold. But was 14 sitting in the press box against Notre Dame, and Notre Dame shows pressure, and it's a goal-to-go situation for Florida State. Jameis sees it, checks out of the play, and we're sitting next to each other, I do believe. And you said and touchdown. I'm saying, saying change the defense. It's a touchdown. This is a touchdown. Why aren't you changing your defense? They didn't. Snap the ball throws to his left. It might have been Rudolph. It might not have been, but he throws to his left and is an easy pitch to catch. I'm like, you fools, you fools. This kid knows. You just showed him your hand. You better check out of it, and they didn't. That's who he was, man. He just processed information like crazy, and he was so anticipatory in college. It was ridiculous. Well, in 2013, uh, you, and, you and I both being on the field for that Clemson game, as you just noted, I was fortunate enough to be on the Knowles sideline. Um, you were fortunate enough to be in the spot where he hits Kelvin Benjamin, that great throw, and there's all kinds of cool video we do in the background and those two police officers. It's great. But uh, I was fortunate enough to be on the sideline before they took the field for their first possession. And if you recall that night, Clemson's fan base was trying to set a record for the loudest the stadium had ever been, and they had the big noise meter and the whole to-do, and it was loud. It was deafening. But Jameis addressed the offense as they were getting ready to take the field, and I cannot repeat exactly what he said, but to the extent that he noted they wanted to uh, shut these fans up. Let's put it this way. Uh, and that's what he said. It was a, a snapshot into his confidence and how it was that he infused that confidence into everybody else. He was letting them know that this is what they were about to go do and did, and then had something funny to say as he came off the field after that first touchdown, uh, noting that it was going to be one of many that they were going to score on that night and that these fans uh, would soon want to find the exits. And I thoroughly enjoyed seeing what that was, what that looked like. And then, of course, I've got the story that, uh, and this isn't about me, but again, more about Jameis, uh, my son Bryce going inside of uh, Legend Field there in Tampa where the Yankees train. 
when the Knowles played uh, the New York Yankees in an exhibition game in baseball and had the good fortune of going down into the clubhouse before the game. And there was Jameis Winston. It just changed into his uniform, and he looked over and saw Bryce and didn't know Bryce from Adam and just saw a little kid wearing a baseball cap and said, hey, man, come on over here and talk to my son and uh, said that his hair looked like Bryce Harper's because Bryce had crazy hair at the time. And once Bryce said his name was Bryce, he's like, oh, you got crazy hair like Bryce Harper. And they talked for a little while, and he slapped him five and threw a ball with him. And Bryce has never forgotten that. So you got to see all these different facets and sides of, of, of who he was, obviously. And, and I, unfortunately, most of the people around the country didn't really get to see any of that. Well, hopefully this is a watershed moment for the modern quote-unquote Knowles. Uh, that would be post-lost decade, my era. Uh, because when you listed all of those names of the jerseys that are retired, mm. uh, I know there, were, there weren't a whole lot of candidates in, in the lost decade, don't get me wrong, but it pretty much stops at the 90s, early 2000s. It was a long gap of time there. So, you know, obviously Dalvin's going to follow, but there are some other candidates from that period of time, like a Jalen Ramsey, that are that are legitimate candidates to have their jerseys retired. And I'm hoping that this starts another string of ceremonies that we can break out year after year at Doak uh, over the next four or five seasons. Yeah, and for those that don't know, again, that list that Jameis joins, again, I'll repeat it because it's just fun to go down memory lane, but it's Fred Bolitnikoff, Ron Sellers, Ron Simmons, Deion Sanders, Charlie Ward, Warwick Dunn, Chris Winkie, Derek Brooks, Terrell Buckley, and Marvin Jones. To your point, not a whole hell of a lot of modern Knowles on that list. Jameis becomes pretty much the first. And that is Solving for the Future with our friends at ISF. To learn more, go to ISF.com. It's Jeff Cameron Show 93.3, Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com. FSUHomeLoans.com. Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV rolling on. Good song. Yeah, by the way, uh, I see you there, Jorge. What about Peter Warwick? I'm surprised his jersey hasn't been retired. Yeah, we should. Um, we got a lot of guys to get to. A lot of guys to get to for Florida State on that retirement list. For years, I thought uh, we did a poor job within the stadium of representing Florida State's many successes, both of its individual players, but also on the field records and successes in the postseason. When you visit a lot of stadiums around the country, you see uh, opportunities uh, that are, I mean, uh, seized upon uh, by lesser programs to champion their All-Americans and their postseason successes, their special seasons. Um, and there's a fine line. I think that's the way it ought to be to some extent. It ought to be an exclusive club. You don't want Hall of Fames to be watered down, and you don't want uh, to look up ever at a Regal Modern and be like, really? Jimmy Wilson? He kind of was all right. You, know, you don't, <laughs> you don't want to do that. You want to you look up there and kind of be in awe. Uh, in, in, in the accomplishments of that individual. Like It was kind of funny, Tom, when I went to East Lansing, and uh, was walking on the field there at Michigan State and looked up. They got like they got like sixty names on the wall. And I'm like, well, you guys have kind of sucked. I mean, really? There's not. <laughs> there's no reason for all that. I mean, in 1952's 
you know, conference all American was was nice, but does he need to be on the Ring of Honor? So do you want do you want to play a game of listing names, or do you want to not be put in that position where you're saying no to some of the all time greats that they make the ring or they don't? It's a tough position to be in, right? It's because there are some really good players, many of whom listen to this show. <laughs> I think I would be caught in a position of having to say yes to all well, of them. Let me ask one. Rashad Green's got to be on that list, right? He, he set all the records. Yeah. Well, eras matter, and the way the game played and was played certainly matters. So I, I, Rashad was very good. He was not as good as Peter Warwick, and his numbers surpassed Peter Warwick, and Peter Warwick is 10 times the receiver Rashad Green was. So I'm not saying that, that Rashad needs to be in before Peter. In I'm just situation. saying my, my point is that you can look at numbers and say yes to some guys and no to others, but the impact on the games and the way that they were played at a time also tell a bigger story. So I don't know. I, yeah, maybe in due time. Rashad was an awesome player. I don't want to dog Rashad. He was awesome. Rashad was a, a fun player, and he was a dependable player. And he was a fluid, smooth, pass-catching Jesse. I loved watching him. But I feel like I could name seven or eight receivers that would come before Rashad. Just, just Jalen Ram- Jalen Ramsey's a yes, of course. Mm-hmm. Is Derwin? No. No, his career here was mm, average. And whose fault is that? Oh, the coaching staff. They blew it. <laughs> they 100% blew it. They blew – a generationally talented athlete, uh, a, a guy that could have just been everything. I mean, I, it's, it infuriated me the way that we misused Derwin um, because he's an elite player and, and could have done so much more for us. His freshman year was more special. Yeah. You know, when, yeah. when he's rushing the passer, you know, that was unbelievable to watch. Down, and, well, yeah, go ahead. I was Real quick, I was going to say in this defense, you know, playing where, where Jamie Robinson did last year, oh, man, he would have been a terror. It would have been a terror. Yeah, and oh, by the way, I mean, Dalvin will be up on that wall at some point. I mean, my goodness, Dalvin Cook was, you know, I think he's the best running back Florida State's ever had. He is the one player, not at a quarterback position, where you arrive at a game and you expect somebody to do something ridiculous, and he always did. He always did. I mean, even I I went to a game with one of our coworkers. It was a Louisville kick. um, Maybe it was 15. I guess it it had to have been 2015. Noon game nondescript weekend, just another ACC game. And he had a run towards where the band used to play, towards the Champions Club, where he must have broken four tackles, and he was dead and buried around the 20 or 25-yard line, and he just kept going and going and going. And that's not as sexy as the night he had against Miami, uh, where he pulled his hamstring three times and continued to play through. Well, he was just nuts. That was the next year in 2016. But that was the first time I thought, well, good Lord, what are we dealing with here? Who who are you truly? Because you're going to a different level. You're already a Florida State great. Like he was uh, he was there with Devontae and, and, and Chris Thompson. And you're like, man, you're an all-time player here. But then you just go to this different level. Oh, my God, I might be watching somebody better than Warwick Dunn. And that was my hero growing up. And, and that's what he became. You know, it's funny when I, I think all fan bases, I'm sure, do this, but when we get into these discussions, because they're if you're just joining us, uh, they're honoring Jameis Winston uh, this weekend along with the 2013 National Championship team and, and the anniversary of that, and they're going to retire his number. And um, it's it's awesome to think about you know what what he's accomplished and why they're doing that. And so we just went through all of that and um, you know retiring the jersey rather than the number I should say uh, uh, for him all time, and that's pretty cool. It'll, it'll be neat to to watch that, but. 
there are players who maybe will never make that list that we're all just so fond of because of the style that they played, the way they played the game. And we were talking about running backs, so my old teammate and dear friend William Floyd is beloved by Florida State fans because he was a brute. He was a badass. He was physical. He was in your face. He was dominating. He was a fullback, but he had tailback feet, and he just he played with a lot of what for. And he'll be forever beloved. But his numbers aren't like you don't look at his numbers and go, oh, my God, right? It's just the way he played the game. He was a great player. Uh, Greg Jones is somebody that every Knoll who ever watched him play is we're just enamored with Greg Jones. He was a physical freak. He was somebody that there's never been another Greg Jones to play here. Anybody like him? We've had guys that looked similar to these other running backs that put up good numbers. Nobody's ever looked like Greg Jones and run like Greg Jones. That run against North Carolina is forevermore, right? We watched that highlight. Poor Dexter Reed ragdolled in a way that is uncomfortable to watch. Um, He looks like a small child. That's a guy that went on to play in the NFL for years. Brutalized. Emasculated. Humiliated. We had guys like that um, at different positions. Like the best of Kelvin Benjamin was different. It was just different. When he was, yeah. When he was that for the 10 games, whatever it was, um, the road game against Florida was a joy to watch because the (laughs) officials were letting it happen. He didn't understand, and then he's like, oh, so I'm allowed to? I'm You're allowed just to just throw me. you into the stands. It's it's the Rorschach moment, you know? I'm not locked in here with you. Yeah, You're locked yeah, in here with me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good luck to you. Kenny Shaw is an all-timer for me because of the way he played and how tough he was. Well, how tough he was, yeah. Kenny was unbelievably tough. I, I love the way he played the game. Um, I remember, you know, Xavier Rhodes. I don't – like, he's – on that line because he was elite, but nobody threw at him. No, so they stopped throwing his way. Yeah. Yeah. But good God, by the end of his time here, was he fantastic to watch? And if you did throw at him, you'd laugh. You're like, well, that's a dumb idea. What are you doing? There's, just, there's a lot of dudes like that. Demarcus Walker. There's another player who it was a nondescript year. You needed him to make plays every week. He made plays, he made every, plays week. every week. He was phenomenal. He from uh, Ole Miss to the block at the rock to the Florida game. He dominated that 16 Florida game. He was unbelievable. Yeah, he was. He was a special player to watch because he wasn't a dominant player in the sense that you looked at his body type and thought he was anything that couldn't be blocked or couldn't be stopped. He was kind of a tweener and yet he got so much out of who he was. Um, you know, he would line up inside and whoop a guard's ass because of the speed. And then he had the strength. You could line him up outside or over a top. You could do a lot of things with him. And oh, well, it's, it's third and eight. He's lined up inside. You're like, that's your ass. You got no, you're not quick enough. You're not quick enough to stop him. And it's just, you laugh. You're, Here it comes. He's going to get a pressure. I don't know if he's going to bring the quarterback to the ground, but it's going to be a quick throw. It's going to be something. And most every time you needed 44 was there. Man, I wish that's a guy we could have used, you know, in a couple of other seasons where you're just missing that one pass rusher. You know, he was, he was something to behold. We had a good run there with pass rushers, starting with Stoops recruits in 12. I would also suggest that I'm seeing it in the chat, and a lot of you guys are absolutely right. I mean, can we just have, even if we don't put him in the Hall of Fame, can we have Jernigan's hip toss of the Miami lineman and just the, the humiliation that that was, that was on display there? That is uh, as funny a play, and he doesn't get called for the penalty. That's my favorite part. Those Miami fans are like, what the hell? 
it's because that jerk kept on blocking him after the whistle. And I think the ref was like, well, that's what you get, son. That's what you get for poking the bear. And Timmy was on the sidelines um, this past weekend, which was cool to see. This is something, and I talked about it on Monday, they're doing such a much better job of now. I mean, I used to get jealous when I would go on the road because Florida State for years, and to a large degree still is true, is everybody's sort of Super Bowl, right? You get these guys and and they come back to town for their respective universities when Florida State's in town because it's a big moment when Virginia plays Florida State. It's a big moment for Wake Forest to play Florida State for really almost any program in this conference to be able to play Florida State, and especially if they're ever in a position to beat them. And, you know, obviously we've well documented the times that we've been down, but the name is the name. The uniform's still the uniform. The cachet is still there. And so the big names from those respective schools were always back in town. When I go on the road and I would see, I'd look down to the sidelines and I'd be like, oh, that's so-and-so or that's so-and-so. I remember how good he was in 98 or how good he was in 2003. And I hated the fact that we just didn't have that. Like, you know, you'd look at our sidelines for the big games. I'm not saying it was respect for the opposing team the way it is when Florida State's in town, but if you've got a battle of uh, two top 20 teams or two top 10 teams to, or, or the game itself means something, I want to look down there and see a bevy of former Florida State All-Americans and studs cheering on the young guys now. And for years, we did not. For years, it, would, it was nary a player, and they didn't even feel wanted. And various coaches tried to change that, including Jimbo for a time. But he too failed after a while. And so it's good to see that of the many things that we're talking about with Mike Morvell having succeeded in, it is also engendering this sense that you are welcome. Come on back, man. Yeah, I think that this is the culmination of that too. Because Jameis was here when Jermaine Johnson, that weekend, he had the brick dedicated to him. Mm-hmm. And that's good. that's a good idea for somebody immediately that, that helped you transition as the current regime, let's honor him because he moved it the ball for us. But Jameis threw the first pitch that weekend uh, for baseball, and Jameis was here for that. Yep. And made sure to document that on the production side of things. Like This is the culmination of that, that you're going to honor Jameis. I think that's a signal to all the Jimbo guys. Hey, I know that there was a divide for a while when he left for A&M, and a lot of you guys might have gone to A&M for a game or two. Come on. This is your home. This is where you belong and don't be afraid to ever come back for a game. Yeah, I hope we see them a bunch. I mean, next year's home schedule is pretty good, so I hope we get a couple of those guys to come in every weekend. I hope to see you tomorrow, buddy. Feel better in the waning minute here. Go get your rest on. Great job to all of you guys. Thanks to everybody in the chat and everybody listening around town on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and, of course, Warchant TV. You guys have a great rest of your day and evening. We'll be back with you tomorrow on Alivations Friday. Looking forward to it. Good job, Director Matthew. Until then, peace. 